0: Welcome to Mind Over Money, the podcast that helps Australians have finances that work. And it all starts with our thinking. I'm your host, Lockie Nicholson, and I'm joined by Archie Friends. Hi, Archie. G'day, Lachlan. Today, we're talking about the rising cost of living, what's causing it, and what you can do about it to get ahead. Stay with us. it. There's plenty of discussion going on uh, lately about rising living costs. Uh, You've likely felt these effects yourself at the fuel bowser, or maybe with your rent going up, your insurance going up. Everything feels a little bit more expensive lately. And let's be real, it can add some stress to your finances. And for some people, it's really pushing them to the edge. So if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, that's me, I am a little bit stressed and worried about future living costs, we're here to help. Over the next three episodes, that's right, this was going to be one episode, but we're going to actually break this over three parts. As we started to look at this, we realized it was a bit detailed. Uh, we'll be looking at three areas where costs have gone up, and we're going to give you practical steps to overcome these changes. Uh, because really, taking action is the key, and it's how we build resilience, and it's how we get ahead. So we're here to help you with that. And of course, everything we discussed today, you can implement with the help of your Waymaker Advocate. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, head to waymakerfinance.com.au. The link is in the show notes. Yeah, sweet. Let's jump into today's one, which is the rising costs of rent and mortgages. Yeah, we've got a link to SQM research in the show notes. Archie, what is that graph showing us? That graph's showing us that you know, we've only just
1: had a rent rise basically in the last 12 months. Otherwise, rents have been sitting very stagnant since the GFC, which is 2008, 2009. Uh, and if we look at things from that perspective, the global financial crisis was a major upset in the finance industry, the economies of countries, the banking systems and everything. So it, it's taken a long time to see that recovery. Mm. And so, yeah, so we've we've been sitting with low wages. Uh, wages haven't really gone up. We've been sitting with low interest rates, low inflation. Uh, so the cost of living haven't really gone up. And now we've suddenly hit this jump. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, where everything's jumping all at the same time. So we've got governments pushing up the price of, you know, things like registrations and rates and water and all sorts of things. And then we've got the, the cost of interest rates going up as well. Uh, housing costs went right up. And so, yeah, food costs went up. So we've had this really big jump in one hit. And guess what? Wages have not jumped at the same time. So we're, we're definitely feeling the pressure. Because our wages probably haven't gone up uh, or they've gone up a little bit, but we've had this really big increase. Mm. And if we look at Brisbane, Brisbane rental prices have gone up 20%. Sydney rental prices have mm. gone up 25%. And the national rental prices have gone up 12%. So, so yeah, we've got this rising cost happening in the, the housing market.
0: Yeah. And vacancy rate's really low too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, so that means there's not a lot of rentals. And there's been a few reasons for that too. And especially when we saw uh, there was a big jump of people getting into their first home. And so that actually took some of the rental properties off the market because people bought them up as their first home. Uh, but we've also had a, you know a slow rate of building houses in Australia as well. So it hasn't kept up with demand.
0: Yeah. We've had some good immigration levels, but we haven't quite kept up with housing supply. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and now we've got the rates going up. Yeah, this week, the talk on my street was the new valuations of land in Brisbane, and that's been Mm. pushing everyone's rates up. So rates have gone up again in Brisbane because those lands have been you know, revalued. So it's a conglomerate of many things at once. But that rent chart was interesting because we we look at it over the last 10 years, and it has just been ticking along. And all of a sudden, everything's just hit. Mm. All of a sudden, everything's going up. So... Is it strap in? Is it this the new norm? What, what should we expect going forward?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is the new norm. We've been sitting very stable for a long time and now we've got a recession. Uh, it's a, been spoken of as a global recession. So uh, prices have gone up and uh, change is happening. So yeah, we're, we're mm. moving into a new territory. I, I think the other thing with housing too is that um, it's not just supply, uh, if we look at the houses that are sitting empty in Australia, there's actually a lot of them.
0: Mm. Why Why is that?
1: Well, part of it could be because we've got this big retiree population coming through and mm. they're, they're buying up a house on the coast or somewhere else where they want to live. And so they're now sitting on two houses. And I saw this starting to happen probably five, six years ago. And so certain areas along the coast you know suddenly had these massive price rises in house prices because there was such demand from this sector of the population buying up the second home
0: mm, their retirement home
1: yeah and just sitting on it not actually renting it out so so we've got a large number of homes sitting vacant which is also adding to the problem
0: of you know not having houses for renters. Do you think this is why about two years ago, Josh Frydenberg, the then treasurer, came out and just all of a sudden introduced this policy around uh, downsizing and being able to downsize your home, put money into your super? Do you remember that a couple of years ago?
1: Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, be able to sell your house that you're living in and move a large chunk of that money into superannuation. So that would really suit these guys doing exactly what we talked about They, You know, they bought the second home ready for their retirement. And so now they can actually uh, sell their, their home they're living in and move money into superannuation. So, so they're in a good position, but it's definitely putting pressure on our housing
0: market. Okay, so from rising rents, I guess if we were to draw a bright side from all this is that pressure would be on wages to help wages go up. And with low unemployment over a number of years, that should help with putting pressure on wage rises.
1: Yeah, with low unemployment and wages not growing over the last 15 years, uh, they have grown in the public sector, but they haven't grown in the private sector. So now we're seeing people switching to the public sector to get jobs, to get that better income. Mm. So that's putting pressure back on the private sector again to increase incomes again. Uh, so that's that's where we're at at the moment. So there's there's lots of pressure at the moment. There's lots of change at the moment. And you know, we, we're definitely looking at a new norm uh, with the current scenario.
0: Okay, well, let's move over to the mortgage side now. Uh, We've seen the cash rate, which was ticking along at what, one5 1.25% the cash rate. And then it just plummeted to 0.1% or something like that during COVID, which ratcheted up home borrowings and ratcheted up pricing with it. Now it's gone back very quickly up to 3.6% and maybe even higher later in the year. I left my crystal ball at home, so I wouldn't know. So how have all these rate changes contributed to home prices of late? Well, with those really low interest rates, uh, people were able to borrow more.
1: So, uh, And especially if you think about what we were just talking about with people buying a second home ready for retirement, this was the perfect time to do it because the low interest rates meant that they could borrow against their own home and and buy that second Mm. property.
0: It, It did feel like this when rates came down. There was a sense in the air of anything's possible. And I think that's like we get a little bit too happy when money gets too cheap. And I think yep. the government was a bit like this too, right? We just printed so much cash. And yeah, it mm. just feels like when everything's cheap, people just went out and was like, let's do it. Now's the time.
1: Mm. Yeah. So we've, we also saw, you know, through COVID, a big uh, supply problems. And so the cost of building a house rose dramatically. And, Mm. and so this has also contributed to problems around the rental market where, you know, it was cheap to build houses before, uh, and put them on the rental market, but suddenly we've got this big price rise in Mm. housing costs to, to actually build a house. Mm. So it's a lot harder to build and put them in the rental market. And also, you know, we've got that, let's get bigger syndrome, let's upsize. (laughs) And so we've, we've had people building much bigger homes borrowing a lot more money because the money was available and we also had people buying up cars and car prices went up so we had people borrowing a lot more for cars as well yeah so we overall we've had a lot more debt go onto the books for australia uh the increase in debt is quite large actually
0: yeah yeah there's a link we'll put in the show notes to an ABS chart about new loan commitments across business mortgage cars mm And uh, it's interesting because, for two reasons, uh, loan commitments have gone up quite a bit. But also, you can see where the fixed rate loans have switched and have come off. Let's talk about that and loan commitments. Um, We're looking at that chart before, and the average mortgage in Australia is now at about 600,000. It's like 780 or something for New South Wales. But back in COVID, it was about 500,000 nationally. And back in 2011, Mm -hmm. it was 350,000. So yep. since 2017, I think it was, we can see there's been this big jump in borrowings. Like what's been going on here? It's, it's almost like as rates were going down, we just kept borrowing and you know, land, land's been going up, of course. and
1: Yep, land prices went up.
0: Like you said, homes have become more expensive and, yep. and we're building bigger. This just sounds like a case of we've be, we'd been biting off more than we can chew. Yeah, yes and no. Um,
1: like for some of us, yeah, we would have bitten off more than we can chew and for others it's been a matter of just plugging away at paying off the mortgage the existing mortgage uh, but there is that thing about the Joneses effect keeping up with the Joneses or or so keeping up with social media maybe we should call it that nowadays keeping up with social media and so all these people were posting <laughs> posts on social media around their new car their new home and you know I saw in the work that we do with people, there was a lot of pressure on people about, oh, I should be up upgrading my home or I should be upgrading my car. And so you know you could mm-hmm. definitely feel that pressure and see that pressure coming through. And so that was happening. Yeah, you know, we we've we've seen those borrowings go up. But again, when you mentioned before, you know, seven hundred and eighty thousand is the average loan in New South Wales, that's also backed by a higher wage. So it's all it's all relative. So, so depending on what Mm. area of Australia you live in, depends on your wages and the borrowings tend to match those wages. So different areas, you know, have different amounts, but the, the average loan in Australia is 600,000 and before COVID it was 500,000. So we've had a hundred thousand dollar increase. Part of that was also the renovations that took place. Yeah. There was $50,000 kitchens going in and bathrooms getting done and, you know, all sorts of things, sheds going in and stuff.
0: Yeah, the government was handing out money to do these renovations. Yeah. It was a cash splash.
1: The other thing that happened too was we've got people buying up these really old cars. So the old car market took off as well. And so we saw car prices on these old, old cars. Uh, some of them went up, you know, from 20000 to 60000 I think I even saw one went up to $100,000 uh, and come back down again. So, Yeah. People have been spending money, splashing out on money and doing stuff which has increased our borrowing. So if we look at the effect of this is that now that rates have gone back up to where they should be, you know, we're finding that the loan payment that was 2300 a month for, for those who borrowed $600,000, mm. the loan payment is now 3400 a month. And so that's roughly a $1,000 a month increase in loan payments, $230 a week. So if the average mm. rent went up $150 a week, the homeowner's looking worse at a price rise mm. of $230 a week. So, mm. so we, are, we are seeing those, those impacts come through there.
0: So there, there is a lot of talk around mortgage stress of, of late. Uh, The media Mm -hmm. outlets have just made a a debacle about it, talking about the mortgage cliff and, you know, some (laughs) saw one headline the other day, it said up to 45% of households are in mortgage stress, but I went looking for the data and I couldn't find it. I think it was just a survey uh, or an estimate like most of these are. Mm. So How should we be thinking about this? You know, how do we get like, how do we really filter out this noise about the mortgage cliff uh, and all the doom and gloom that's been painted out there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, if we look backwards again, our home loans are now going out to thirty-five years. So we've got banks now offering thirty-five years on a home loan, and and again, that is to that's to that's to get us to borrow more money. And the more money we take on, uh, you know, the harder it is to pay off that home. And and generally, you know, to get financial freedom, you need to be probably spending fifty percent of your of your net income on the paying off the home. So, that you can mm-hmm. get that thing paid off in 10 years and free up your money again and save yourself a, a massive amount of money in interest. So, you know, when they say, you know, mortgage stress if you're over 30%, well, it, it can actually be worth your while to go over 30%, get that loan paid off and get yourself mm-hmm. free again. So, people who've been paying off their loans, their, you know, their home loans over the last five, 10 years, uh they're actually in a good position with what's happening right now. It's really just mm. you know, anyone that's taken on a new loan right now, it's time to reassess that loan. It's time to reassess is it suitable yeah. to you know to you as a family? Uh is it, you know, is it suitable the amount that you're repaying? And are you happy with where you're at? You know, 'cause some people are gonna say, well, I'm happy to pay the extra money because I want to live in this home and I want to raise my kids here. I want to send them to this school. And it's really just have that discussion. Have the discussion with, with your partner or whoever you need to have the discussion with. Work that through. If that's, if that's your answer, great. You know, it'll get rid of the stress. <laughs> um, but if you decide, no, I want to change my loan. I want to get a better interest rate. I want to, you know, even maybe downsize my home and go for something else to get myself in a better position, uh, then, you know, that, that could be a really good option as well but you just got to work it through
0: after the break we'll come back and talk about practical steps you can take around your rent or your mortgage back in a bit talk about some practicalities now. Of what, what can people do? What are some of the steps that we can do if we're renting or if we have a mortgage and just to keep moving ahead and moving with these changes to make sure that we're moving forward with our finances uh, in a way that's not stressing us out?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned before that, you know, there's, there's talk on social media about negotiating your rent with your landlord. Uh, I find that's quite difficult to do because Most landlords have to go through a real estate agent so that they have proper insurance on their properties and on their rental properties. And so with the real estate agent, you've got a property manager who's really trying to, they're they're acting as the go-between. And these these guys are really quite stressed because you've got an unhappy tenant and you've probably got an unhappy landlord because both are getting stressed at the moment. And then you've got this (laughs) property manager in the middle trying to make things work. Uh, so I don't envy their situation at the present time <laughs> so so, negotiating you know the rent probably going to be near impossible, and there's not much use getting upset and blaming the property manager because that's not you know it's not their fault, and it's not the landlord's fault either because again they don't have any control over what's happening in the market so it could be that the best thing you could do is to actually, you know, re-look at where you're living, re-look at how much you're spending on rent and, you know, you might be able to find something more suitable to your situation, get your rent price down, or you're just able to decide that where I'm living is appropriate and, you know, I'm just going to have to wear this. And once you've made that decision, you know, it's going to put you in a much better frame of mind. Uh, especially if we understand that we really can't do anything about the property manager, uh, because you know they just have
0: to do the best they can uh, in their job. I guess if you receive a rent increase that doesn't suit you, it could be a really good opportunity to think about buying a home, and it may just give you the motivation that you need to finally buy something. Um, and go down that path. And I know some people have been avoiding it. Maybe some people have been waiting for property to, prices to come back down. This could be the time for you to knuckle in and, and uh, start saving towards a home.
1: Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point there, Lachlan, is, is that we need motivation. And sometimes this is the only motivation that's actually going to get us to do something uh, is you know, how much we're spending on rent and looking at how much we can now afford to get into a home. So it's a good time, good opportunity to to work on that. Mm. And we've got really good government incentives now to do this as well. So if it's your first home, we've got some terrific incentives and basically you can save thirty grand in in the first year by the the government incentives that we've got and the tax benefits that we've got uh, to get into your first home. And then the other thing we we want to you know encourage people with too is that you know don't wait. Because, you know, people saying, oh, prices are going to fall again. Well, we've just seen 15 years of the prices sitting quite stable, actually. You know, there's certain suburbs that went ahead uh, because of the demand for those suburbs. But generally, overall, you know, nothing really changed in 15 years. Yeah, and that's what we find with property in these situations. We get a jump and things are going to probably stay at that level for who knows how long and maybe another 10 years or we might still see increases because of where we live and what's going on, you know, with population changing and people moving in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I always, I always say to people, look, you know, we don't wait for an opportunity. Uh, you know, quite often the pressure's already on us that we have an opportunity. So, so let's make the most of it.
0: I love that. Make the most of the opportunities in front of you. Don't just wait around for them. That's good. Yeah. And we can do that sensibly um, and appropriately. And one of those yep. ways is working with a mortgage broker. So you can get a good assessment of your finances. You can understand mm-hmm. what you can borrow and what's appropriate to borrow for your situation and make some good, clear decisions uh, and yeah. take action. That's the key. Yeah. Yep. You don't want things falling over and missing out on those opportunities. So uh, a broker can make sure that you're prepared and ready to go and you've got your right foot forward <laughs> and so that you can secure that home loan uh, and mm. secure that home that you're looking for. Yeah.
1: And and the classic right now is with these higher house prices, we've got probably possibly got a much better loan to value ratio, which is actually going to put us in Mm. a better interest bracket. So, Mm. So we can actually save on interest because we're going to go into a better interest bracket. So there's always positives to things. We just got to find those positives. And usually we need someone who's an expert in this or someone that's really knows what they're talking about to come alongside us and help us understand our situation and what's going on. And mm. like I recently met with someone who thought their situation was really desperate, and when we went through and looked at everything, they actually had a really good situation. Uh, but their inner dialogue was that they were doing badly, and all we had to do was find out why, why was that inner dialogue, you know, saying that they were doing mm. badly when the actual figures were really good. Righto. So if you're a mortgage holder, um, we've got a few options here, some really good options. One, one is the, the better loan to value ratio, which is, can give us a, a much better interest rate than what we're currently on. Uh, so in mm-hmm. some cases, I've helped people get their interest rate down by 1.5% because their wow. loan to value ratio has improved so much that it puts us into a whole new bracket. So, so that's where it pays to talk to someone who knows what they're doing and can help you. Yeah, you know, really look at your situation and what to do mm. uh, the other thing for mortgage holders to to do is even consider splitting your loan into a couple of different amounts one one part of it you may think oh will I'll just keep paying that off for the next 30 years and the other part uh, you can pay it off in five years so so that you're really getting ahead it's all about our you know our inner dialogue and our our mental health you know if we get ourselves in a good place and we can see that we're punching out you know and hammering this mortgage down uh it feels great and it puts us in a much better position overall mm. when we're managing our finances so we've started to help people do that as well and uh and that's working really great too so and then setting up some cash flow system around that that makes it really easy to manage the whole thing and take away all that stress that can be there So um, yeah, just getting some Mm. good practical help uh, with a mortgage broker uh, can make a lot of difference.
0: Yeah. So reassessing your loan, the LVR might've changed, possibly splitting your loan, or if you can't get a a better interest rate with your current lender, maybe even refinancing to another lender and seeing if that's appropriate as well. Yep, that's Mm. right. So we've got options. I guess the conversation we have about this, like you mentioned before, our inner dialogue it really determines how we respond. If we are stressed and we have a negative inner dialogue, uh, we're going to remain stressed and we're going to be locked up in our thinking and we're not going to make great decisions. But if we relax and we mm. think, okay, what does this make possible? What, what can I do to change with this change? Because change is happening and I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to engage and mm. get help. Uh, we can be setting ourselves up, being able to take action with these opportunities and actually still mm. get ahead. And you know yeah. keep moving forward in our finances, and, and that includes our cash flow as well, not, not just the debt and the loan, but what, what can mm. we change in our cash flow system? What can we change in our living costs as well, mm. uh, which we're going to yeah. talk about next week as well. So the home's one part of it. Uh, next yeah. week, we're going to talk about food and groceries, and then we're going to talk in episode three about insurances and, and things like that. Mm. So this yeah. is just one part yeah. of our living costs. The great, the great thing about working
1: with a broker on your home loan too is you should be doing some work around your cash flow, around what's coming in and what's going out. And so you can actually get some support around that as well of, hey, are my costs okay? You know, am I paying too much hmm. for something? Because, you know, as brokers, we get to see a lot. And uh, and can actually say, yeah, this this looks really great, or actually, you could be making some changes that could really save you a lot of money. Yeah. So so there there is some good advantages here in you know getting in and doing some work with a broker.
0: Okay, well that's part one, guys. Wrapped up of our mm. three part discussion. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll talk to you again in the next episode. And before we go, remember, this podcast is education purposes only. Uh, Nothing we've talked about today. should be considered as your personal financial advice. Do not get your personal advice from a podcast. That is just generally a bad move. So if you'd like to speak to someone about your personal finances, including your home loan, head to our website, waymakerpodcast.com.au and click get financial help. There's a link in the show notes. Cool. Thanks, Archie. Thanks, Lachlan.